I wanted to pull up the financial records of the Grammys. I wanted to dive deeper into the true equity that's going on behind the scenes of the Grammys. Because while everybody else is wanting validation and saying, I want to be awarded, let's actually look at how much the Grammys profit off of our culture. This is DJ Moultrie with the Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. wake up in the morning, you start seeing things trending on Twitter, and of course the Grammys have put out their nominations uh, for the world to see. Yes, it happens every year. And of course, people get sucked into it and they find out who got nominated and who didn't get nominated. And so it's all over the place. You, by now, you've seen it. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. But I think it's good just for... uh, documenting our true culture here to just kind of look over the headlines, see what's being said uh, just for historical purposes. So currently right now uh, it is uh, an ongoing story that the nominations have come out and many outlets have picked this up. Obviously Rolling Stone is saying BTS are shut out of the 2020 Grammy nominations Detroit Free Press is saying Detroit's Mac Avenue Records continues impressive Grammy run with six more nominations. Uh, MSN Now, 2020 Grammy nominations, see their reactions. ABC News, Tanya Tucker, beyond shocked by Grammy nominations. The Wall Street Journal, uh, Grammy nominations 2020, shift to recognize new guard in music. The Washington Post, Grammy nominations 2020, Lizzo leads with eight nods followed by Billy Eilish and Little Nas X. And Billboard has the complete list of the Grammy nominations. So let's look at uh, Billboard's complete list. We pull this up, and let's see if anybody stands out. It says Alicia Keys will be hosting. There's some black equity there to be able to have someone from the culture uh, as the face once again. Uh, album of the year, I see hers on there, Little Nas X, Lizzo, uh, uh, Ariana Grande, 
uh, record of the year. I see her there again. Lizzo, uh, just pointing out some people within the culture uh, that are uh, popping up here. Best new artist, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, uh, best solo pop performance, Beyonce Spirit. Okay, Beyonce. Uh, pop vocal album, uh, John Legend is on there as a legendary Christmas. Best dance recording. Uh, don't see anybody that I recognize. Oh, I do see Ty Dollar Sign uh, featured on one of the songs. Best Contemporary Instrumental. That would not be anything that we would look at. Uh, and let's let's go to Best R&B Performance. We have Daniel Daniel Caesar and Brandy uh, with Love Again. Her with uh, Bryson Tiller could have been. Uh, Lizzo with Gucci Man, Exactly How I Feel. Anderson Park with uh, Andre 3000, Come Home. And so these are just some of the people that are getting uh, Grammy nominations. And it's, it's great. It's always great to celebrate culture and to be swept up in it all. Now, of course, I'm a big, big hip hop fan. So let's see the best rap performance. J. Cole, Middle Child, The Baby, Shook, uh, Dreamville, uh, Down Bad. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, Racks in the Middle, and Cardi B with Offset with Clout. Uh, so, oh, here we go. Best rap song performance. You have Young Thug with J. Cole, The London. That was that was a dope song. Lil Nas X, Little Baby and Gunna, Drip Too Hard, and DJ Khaled, Nipsey Hussle, Higher. Higher is a dope song. It's going to be hard. What do you got? John Legend, Nipsey Hussle, DJ Khaled. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat that. Best rap song. Uh, Bad Idea, Chancellor Bennett. Gold Roses. A lot. Jermaine Cole, 21 Savage. Hmm. I don't know what, I don't know what's going to walk away with that one. Here we go. Best rap album. This is important to look at. Best rap album. Okay. So it's Revenge of the Dreamers 3, Championships, Meek Mill, 21 Savage, I Am, Tyler, the Creator, Igor, and YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Who's going to win? Uh, I think they'll probably give it to Meek Mill just because he's been most prevalent in the news. It'll be a good story, good favor with Jay-Z. It would just look good, you know, for the covers to, you know, say he came out of jail and then won a Grammy. The storyline would make the most sense, but the best album out of these that are listed is YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. That's the best album, from my opinion. And so the Grammys does what they do. They drop uh, their nominations, and for whatever reason, people love this. They love list. <laughs> they love to know, you know, who, you know, who's the best, who's the best. And the funny thing about culture and society is we're always looking for someone else to tell us what's the best. We're always looking for that validation. And so what does validation really mean? Because I think that's important because I've, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, don't rely on people's validation. Validation is the action of checking or approving the validity or accuracy of something. The action of making or declaring something legally or officially acceptable. Recognition or affirmation that a person or their feelings or opinions are valid or worthwhile. And so <laughs> what the Grammy nominations do and what the Grammys do 
is in this culture, if you are Grammy nominated, you become uh, recognized of a person for their feelings or opinions that are valid. It is making you valid with the culture and with the people. Although you were valid before the nominations, somehow, some way, with these nominations, more people will see, oh, well, I need to go check out that album. That was Grammy nominated. And they use that as a part of the conversation of saying, well, that person was Grammy nominated. They're better than this person. It becomes a thread through culture. When you're sitting down at dinner tables, when you're sitting down having conversations with your friends, the Grammy nominated thing gets thrown out whenever you're having heated debates about music or movies or whatever it is. When something has an Oscar to it or a Grammy to it, magically, magically, our minds say, well, that must mean that they're accepted culturally. That must mean that it's better than someone else. And I would caution you about that. I would caution you about that because, see, in order to understand why Grammy validation is a myth, you have to understand what, who's over the Grammys. <laughs> that would be the key, right? Because who's doing the validation? Why, why, why is this random, mysterious group of people that have branded themselves very well and have done all the necessary partnerships uh, with CBS and ABC or whoever they are televising with at this point, why have they gained the trust of the culture so much that when they put out their nominations, every news source has to report on it? And if they don't report on it, then they lose validation because why would you ignore the Grammys? So the real question is, who is the Grammys and why are they validating me? Truth be told, it's really not a Grammy nomination. It's Grammy validation. I mean, if we're just being honest, what what today is, is the people in the culture who are feeling validated. And I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. I'm sure Lizzo is sitting somewhere listening to this podcast like, why are you hating my eight nominations? I've I've done everything I can to, you know, be relevant within this culture. And all I'm saying is you was already relevant before today. Everybody who was nominated today was relevant yesterday. You've been relevant. What the Grammys are doing is just attaching their name to your relevancy. You as an artist, you as a band, make them relevant. You actually validate them. By them trying to validate you through a nomination only proves how important and how valuable you are so then you can actually help out their bottom line. So I found some financial documents from a few years back. A few years back, I found some financial documents about uh, the Recording Academy, which is over uh, the uh, Grammys. And these are the audited financial statements back in 2010. Okay, and I'll, I'll, If I can find more recent ones, I will also bring those up as well. So back in 2010, we looked at the current assets of 2010 and 2011 of the NARAS Foundation, which is doing business as the Grammy Foundation. Their current assets are $1.5 million. <laughs> what do they own? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, what, what type of assets? 
we're looking at assets of 1.5 of cash and cash equivalents, other receivables, prepaid expenses, and other assets. So actually, it's 1.6. 1.6. So where are they getting these revenues from? You would ask. Revenues, support and revenues, Grammy Career Day. They received, in 2011, they received $106,000 for the Grammy Career Day. Entertainment Law Initiative, they received $201,000. Grammy Jazz Ensembles, $163,000. The Grammy Camp, $187,000. Uh, Grammy sound checks, one hundred eighty. Uh, actually, that's eleven thousand. Grammy foundation grants, one hundred thousand. Music preservation, uh, living histories, forty three thousand. Contributions from National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, one point three seven six point nine six. Boom. Contribution from the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Who is that? And why are they giving away? million back in 2011 to the Grammy Foundation, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Huh. The National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Interesting. Well, here's the thing. The National Recording (laughs) Arts and Science Foundation is doing business as the Grammy Foundation. So these are actually the same entities, right? Let's, we're we're going to break down equity here. We're, we haven't done this in quite some time. This is where we built our show. Our podcast was built by looking at a situation and looking at the back end equity of it all. And so we're coming back to it on very important episodes. And we're looking at it right now uh, at the Grammys. Their revenues in 2011, their highest revenue generating uh, revenue uh, activity was $1.3 million. And it says contributions from National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. By the way, this whole report is from the National National Arts uh, Recording and Sciences Foundation. So they're receiving 1.3 million from themselves. Huh? How is that possible? How do you receive revenues from yourself? Hmm. I'm trying to understand that. Because when if I can understand that, if I can understand where that 1.3 million dollars is coming from, then that might solve everything. So let's dig into that. Where is the 1.3 million coming from. And then I want to let you know, well, what was their end year, uh, their end year revenues? So let's dive into that. So when I do a search on National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, because I want to understand how are these people paying themselves? (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to, where is this 1.3 million coming from in 2011? Can someone please explain this? So uh, the Recording Academy, formerly known as the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. So back in 2011, they were called the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. But in today's world, 
They're called the Recording Academy. Okay? The Recording Academy president is Deborah Dugan. And it says here, uh, is an American learned academy of musicians, producers, recording engineers, and other musical professionals. It is famous for its Grammy Awards, which recognize achievements in the music industry. So they're recognizing achievements there, but where are they getting their money from? Let's go back. It says it's an American learned academy. What is a learned academy, a learned society? Wouldn't you want to know that? Before, before you get excited about nominations... Before you start getting excited about awards, you should you should understand where these awards are coming from. So they consider themselves a learned society, a learned organization, a learned academy. So a learned society, also known as a learned uh, academy, is an organization that exists to promote an uh, academic discipline, academic discipline, profession or a group of related disciplines such as the arts and sciences. Memberships may be open to all may require possession of some qualification or may be an honor conferred by election. Most learned societies are nonprofit organizations and many are professional associations. Their activities typically include holding regular conferences for the presentation and discussion of new research results and publishing or sponsoring academic journals in their discipline. Some also act as professional bodies regulating the activities of their members and the public interest or the collective interests of the membership. So now we understand what a learned academy is. So what, how does a learned academy make money? Because see, we get blinded by the Grammy Awards, but there's other things going on throughout the rest of the year. There's other things happening <laughs> behind the scenes while we're looking left over here at the uh, awards, there's something else happening and, and that is moving. There's a living organism. It says here that according to the Recording Academy, the Producers and Engineers Wing is a part of the academy made up of producers, engineers, mixers, and other technically involved professionals. The Producers and Engineers Wing addresses various aspects of issues facing the recording profession. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to understand well, where, where does the money come from? Well, it's a nonprofit. And so the nonprofit must be receiving money from somewhere. Where does the nonprofit receive money from? Who is donating and giving money to the recording academy? Who is giving that money away? So let's look up the recording academy donations. Wouldn't that be something to, to pay attention to? Who is donating the one point one point three million? Who's doing this? It says here, welcome to the Recording Academy, the premier membership organization for performers, songwriters, producers, engineers, and music professionals. Recording Academy members have the privilege to impact the future uh, music and its role and its role in society. Wait a second. So there's a membership process. Huh. Recording Academy membership is a community driven and peer reviewed on an annual cycle. Candidates must secure two recommendations to be considered by our peer review panel. So you have to become a member. Uh, what type of uh, qualifications come with this? What what do I have to do to become a member? 
And so then they list out all the different things that you would have to do. You have to have documentation. You have to have credits of recordings, at least 12 credits uh, in the category in which you'd like to qualify. You must have two recommendations from music industry peers. Hmm. That could be a very sticky situation because people may require you (laughs) to pay to become a member. Don't act like it's never happened before. But hey, I digress. And so as I as I as I dig deeper and I try to understand how it works, how the organization behind the Grammy spends the other 364 days, an article from NPR, January 24, 2014. In this article, here's what we found. The Academy, as it, it used to be known, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences operates a number of five. 501c nonprofits. Let me read that again. Oh my goodness. It operates a number, a number of 501c, 501c3 nonprofits. It's made up of 22,000 members. They pay $125 a year to belong. And if they have enough credits on recordings uh, to vote in the Grammys. Okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. 22,000 members. 22,000 members times 22,000 times $125 a year. Hmm. 2.75 million. So, my friends, I think we found where the money's coming from in which they pay themselves. (laughs) This organization has built a brand and they are requiring people to pay them to belong to it. And through paying for it, what they do is provide validation to the rest of the industry and the votes come from the paying members. But also, in order to be a part of the paying members, you have to be invited in. You have to be recommended by two of the people who are already members. And many people would call this a secret society. Maybe that's, maybe that's a stretch. But they definitely would say this is a club of people that are deciding the fates of newcomers. And there will always be new musicians. There will always be new people who are allowing uh, these new people to rise up. It is the people that are part of the Academy that decide who's going to get the Grammy validation this year. They decide. And then making sure that they decide, that's where the money comes from. And so $2.7 million dollars is generated at any given year, depending on how many members there is. And when I went back to 2011, I saw that their total revenues, once everything was combined, all the events, all the fundraising, all the different things they had, they made over $4.6 million in 2011. All off the strength of validation. So what I would encourage you to do is be very mindful, oh, and be very careful 
where you get your validation from. Because this whole system is designed to make you depend on them giving you validation. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. Enjoy the Grammy nomination. I mean, validation. You know what I mean. Enjoy them. Enjoy the music. But just know it's $125 a year times 22,000 members. And that's what really is moving this. That's what's really deciding all of this is these 22,000 people. You are being told what is culturally acceptable. And for many years, for many, many years, people who look like you and I, we weren't part of that membership. Lately, they've been adding more of us in. And so now you're starting to see more of us being nominated. But why are we even looking for their validation? Why do we need it? And I'll never understand. I'll never quite get why we hand over our power so that we can feel accepted. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. I am inviting you to join the exclusive Sip and Share Wine Club, which offers monthly and quarterly memberships available, deliveries of two, four, or six bottles of sweet, dry, or both wines right to your door at a 10% discount. Only 100 monthly members accept it. Begin enjoying all the privileges and benefits that go along with belonging to the club. There is no fee to join. You only pay the cost of your wine plus tax and shipping. Two wines is $38 plus tax and shipping. Four wines is $76 plus tax and shipping. And six wines is $114 plus taxes and shipping. Once again, join the Sip and Share Wine Club. This is your invite. Only 100 monthly members accepted.